0: Hey everybody, this is Darius. Uh, Before we get started with the episode, I just wanted to apologize for the episode coming out a little late today. Long story short, my editing software didn't save the edit I did yesterday. A little bit of my fault, a little bit of the computer's fault. Anyways, that's the reason why we're releasing a little late. I also wanted to let you know that Jan's audio is not great in the first eight minutes or so of this. Um if you just bear with it, it gets better. Uh we had a little technical difficulties while we were recording. Yeah. So if it's really bad and you can't deal with it, then just skip ahead to like the eight minute mark or a little bit past that. And his mic will be way better. Um anyways, thanks for bearing with us through these couple of snafus that we had this week. And uh I hope to see you on Saturday when we record our episode on Twitch. And other than that, enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to Trek to the Holodeck. I'm Darius. And I'm Jan. And I'm Dylan. And on Trek to the Holodeck, we are doing the hard work of taking and watching and finding all of the episodes of Star Trek that have a holodeck in them and ranking them onto a final list.
1: Yeah, we're doing all of them. No matter if it's like a, the door opens and you see like a beautiful garden that uh, <laughs> Picard's walking out of, or it's like a whole episode in the holodeck, uh, we're doing all of those. All of them. And you might be asking yourself, if you've never seen Trek before, what is a holodeck? Um, it's kind of like VR, but it's a room. And you walk into the room and you tell it where to go and you can basically go anywhere and watch anything. It's pretty awesome.
2: We've kind of standardized uh, how we rate these episodes slash movies in this case, uh, because we want to have an objective truth as to which episodes are the best. Uh, it's called our Drask system. So we judge based on dialogue, uh, romance, action, suspense, camp, and stakes. And it's never, never disappointed us, never failed
1: us. Ever. It is yeah. the least failing system of all time.
0: Uh, this week, uh, we're doing a, a little bit of a, a curveball, I guess you could say. And we watched a movie instead of an episode. We watched First Contact.
1: Yeah, boy. Someone
0: give me the date and stuff. Oh, of when God, hell. I forgot
2: to do that part.
1: Yeah. First Contact. Yeah. 1996. It, I know it was 96. Oh. Ooh. Uh, and you might be asking yourself, whose voice is that that just popped in that wasn't Jan Darius? Or me, (laughs) Matt. What the
2: fuck is happening here?
1: (laughs) Yeah, what the fuck's going on? Uh, Because we're doing a movie I am the trivia genie. (laughs) (laughs) Because we're doing a movie this week, uh, we decided to have a guest on. um, And our guest is is Henry, uh, who I do a movie podcast with called Frames and Fools. Um, Because we're doing a movie, we decided to have a movie person on. So welcome, Henry.
0: Yeah, and uh, yes, yes, yes. Before we we do our 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 standard uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, trek to the holodeck, which we'll walk you through real quick, Henry. Uh, you should know that this is going to be a two parter episode, which means there will be a to be continued at the end, mm-hmm. and then the next week you'll come back and you'll get and now the conclusion from us.
1: And now the I am so
2: excited about and now the conclusion.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's gonna be awesome! Cool. So, join us on our trek Track
2: to Track the, the, holiday.
1: Holiday. the holiday.
2: <laughs> Believe these simulations to be this real? Much of it is real, sir. I disengaged the safety protocols. don't Nothing even a holographic bullet can kill. It's all a holographic simulation.
1: Please
2: enter program. I was thinking of something
3: a little more intimate. Program
0: complete.
2: You may enter. So I think, Darius, I did find the date, if you want to say the date that this movie was released.
0: Oh, well, Henry said it. 1996.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, more accurately, November 22nd, 1996.
0: Okay, November Damn. 22nd, 1996.
3: Two years and two days after my birthday. Oh, Whoa. shit. How does that make everybody feel?
1: Um, Old. Still young, still the same age as you. Uh,
2: I mean, I'm older than most people around, I guess, so, yeah. <laughs>
3: Normal. Um, <laughs> I was shit in my pants when this came out.
2: Oh, me
1: too. Are we allowed to
3: swear? Yeah. Oh, please.
2: Yeah, totally. Swear Absolutely. Oh Do fuck it. yeah!
1: Fuck yeah! A yeah. um, oh, couple yeah. credits for this guy. It was written by our boy <laughs> BB Brendan Braga, um, and Brandon Ronald Braga. D Moore with a story credit Ronald by D Moore Rick Berman.
0: Um, Ugh, Rick Berman. Nasty Rick.
1: It was Rick. also directed Nasty Rick. Ooh, I like that. That is a nickname for Rick Berman. Nasty Rick. I know it's it nasty. It's Rick. not very
2: creative, but he is gross.
1: No, he is gross. Um, and it was also directed by our our boy. Commander Riker, the hot guy on TNG, Jonathan Frakes, which
0: also makes total sense because Riker does have a part in this, but it's not as big no. as no. other parts.
1: So. I like to, I like to think that he, when they were writing this, somebody else was in the Phoenix to go up, and he was like, "Hey, do you guys mind if no. I do that?"
3: <laughs> He's like, "No." I'm. <laughs> I wanna make history. Yeah. And I'm directing, so.
2: <laughs> so
3: yeah. I'd like to be It was originally
2: like Lieutenant Barkley or some like random ensign. Yes. and then yeah. <laughs> they're like, uh sorry. It's actually gonna be Frakes.
3: Where does uh where does Jonathan Frakes land on the Shatner scale of like ego to character? You know what I mean?
1: He's a pretty chill guy Yeah, from what I know. Yeah,
3: Riker is like He's pretty chill.
2: full kirk in terms of horniness and like daddy, like S- space daddy <laughs> but yeah. but zero percent on the um, uh, the overacting and um, what was the original thing you were saying Henry? The
3: Ego exactly like like where the real world meets the story where it's like you get a good character but you also get like a whale of an ego coming with it where he's like oh I will have all the lines you know what oh, I mean yeah, yeah. I,
0: from what I know about Jonathan Frakes he's a pretty like cool guy and like
3: excellent yeah
1: he's the best guy to play the hot guy
3: the movie gives me good vibes so i was like yeah if he's gonna be you know the one in charge that that feels that feels good
0: yeah he him and um uh robert duncan mcneil i think from voyager ended up uh, directing a lot of episodes um so they kind of found their feet in directing yeah which is cool
1: and he directs a lot of the new discovery makes... episodes too And a few Picard episodes. Yeah. He's like the the like hey, uh Riker's directing the episodes. Like he's that guy for all That's the cool. fans. Yeah. It's a good time. Nice.
3: Yeah. That feels good.
1: Yeah, and he seems like a cool guy too. Like the perfect guy to play the hot guy, you know. And you're like, yeah. "You're not a, you seem like a good guy." Uh the music is by Jerry Goldsmiths. Jerry Jerry Gold Jerry Gold Jerry Gold? Is that what we want to call him? Jerry Gold?
0: I don't know. We, we got to come up with a. So on our podcast, we and uh, unofficially like to give all of the composers nicknames.
3: Specifically, the composers.
0: Yeah. Well, we give everybody <laughs> nicknames, but the composers are the most regularly given nicknamed people. Mm-hmm.
3: So. Mm. Especially so. Jerry Gold is pretty good. Yeah. The goldsmith. The
1: goldsmith.
3: Ooh, Ooh, I like
1: that one. That's that's breaking the like the what we normally, what we normally do. I don't I like care. that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, um, And also by his son, Joel Goldsmith. Goldsmith the second. <laughs> the second Goldsmith. <laughs> I, th-
3: I don't want to call my son Jerry Jr., but I do want it to be similar. I think- what do you think, Joel?
1: <laughs> I think we could call this duo uh, Goldsmith and son. I think if they ever do anything else. <laughs> I think we can go with- sounds like a Charles Dickens <laughs> law firm. Goldsmith and son. Not Goldsmith sons and, and son. son. Yeah, and son. Goldsmith and son. <laughs> Goldsmith, Goldsmith and son. And son. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah
2: Jerry J- Goldsmith's like the OG. He did. He did the motion picture theme that became the TNG
1: theme. It's really fantastic. It's good shit. Because the music that was one of the first things that I thought about is how fun and like just cinematic. Like, I feel like they don't do music like that anymore, where the strings are really...
3: It felt like an overture. Yeah. yeah. Like the long-ass credits at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, I, I love I was still that. gripped because it was well-scored. Yes. You know, and I was just watching the names keep going and going and going, it's like, but God it was exciting. But, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's like, Gates McFadden! <laughs> She's Great in names. this! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do miss movies opening that way. Me too. It's like... You guys are still yeah. sitting down. You're still getting your popcorn ready. You know, you it you, yeah. you took forever for you to park. Settle in. So we're giving you a little bit – we're giving you an extra two minutes yep. to get settled in before the actual movie starts. It is
1: actually kind of nice. Thinking about it that way, I respect that a lot. I, I did not respect it, but I kind of like it a lot now. It gives people a buffer.
2: Now it's completely unnecessary, right? Because yeah. the movie theaters have 20 minutes – literally <sighs> 20 minutes yeah. of trailers. It's ludicrous. Remember going to the
1: movies, guys? Uh, No. I miss it. Oh, (laughs) God. I do not remember. I don't even remember the last movie I I saw.
3: I don't know if it's gauche to talk about other properties on this, but. Yeah, go um, for it. Please do. Fuck by a cop. (laughs) (laughs) They they went and uh, watched Tenet. And they did not invite me. God. Oh. They also watched it at like 11 p.m., so I would have said no anyway, like an old man. But right, um, they kind of confirmed what all the reviews are saying, which is like it's confusing. It's very cool, <laughs> but it's yeah convoluted and kind of Christopher Nolan at his worst. Worst.
0: They actually went into a movie theater <laughs> right now.
3: No, they went to a drive-through. Okay, or
0: drive-thru. a drive in. has like. That's you rad. couldn't pay me no. to step foot in a movie theater right
1: now. Yeah,
2: absolutely. guys, I. Does, yeah, I I, I agree, but I'm gonna pitch something for Frames and Fools when we do it. Yes, I, it's not gonna work because it. it's it's not a Star Trek movie. But the Alamo Draft House is is beta testing a program where you and your pod rent out a theater. What? It's it's like it's like six hundred bucks or something. Yeah, I can't. But do you that. go and but <laughs> no, it's not per person. No, but per Jan, person Jan, it's like fifty bucks. <laughs> but, but <laughs> you, you get a whole theater, you, you, you and your friends, and you you get, all get all the food and stuff too, because it's, it's it's you're not you're not just renting the seats, you're you're getting you're paying for it's Alamo too, so you're getting food, you're getting drinks, oh it's God. a whole party, totally. Uh, we should start a GoFundMe for it. <laughs> it's not the money; I just can't do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, he can't hang out with us. It's oh, like you're pot. I, I understand.
3: Yeah. See. So <laughs> I spend every day or like four days a week at a cafe mm-hmm. with just tons of people being super anxious about COVID and everything. So part of me is like, I'm already doing that. You're, what's what's two and a half hours of the, the, yeah. Of breathing in the same air uh, as other exactly. people. Exactly. Yeah. And something but that's the scary insanely thing it's nonsensical like,
2: goes into your brain. Yeah.
3: yeah. Like I'd have to I'd have to go in with like a cosmonaut helmet and just be like
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: No, it's fine. No, play, play the movie. We're good. Like, I'd have to.
2: <laughs> I mean, that would be very Nolan-esque. You'd just be like, oh, fuck, that guy's Tom Hardy. I think Tom Hardy's in this movie theater <laughs> watching this Nolan. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: yeah, it. Oh, yes,
3: ten eight, I knew it
1: uh, Yeah. Back to the film, a couple great <laughs> guest star uh, shout-outs. There's a lot of guest stars, uh, but my two faves. So many guest stars. Got to be Adam Scott. As defiant Con officer, <laughs> and uh, and Robert Picardo as the image. Because if Robert Picardo uh, shows up at any point in anything, I'm in. I'm sold.
2: Adam Scott. It's
1: Adam Scott. Adam Scott's yeah. in
2: this man. Yeah, he's he's the guy. What? Worf is like, prepare for a ramming speed, and Adam Scott's like, um,
3: okay. fuck it. Hold on, <laughs> let,
2: let me check real quick. Um, what if the Enterprise was here? Comedian Could we? Adam <laughs> Scott is in this.
1: Yeah, you didn't notice him yes. right at the beginning.
0: I did not notice him.
3: <laughs> Playing it incredibly straight, like doing it yeah. to the nines. Looks exactly the same, by the way. He's, He's now vampire. on my list of celebrities that are definitely vampires yeah. <laughs> because he looks exactly the same.
2: It's that it's that like fair skin and dark hair. Yeah. All those actors. Like Keanu Seriously, Reeves. Yeah. Seriously. Uh,
1: I mean, Adam Scott pops up in a lot of movies that you don't expect. He's one of those comedians where you're like you're watching a movie from like the nineties, and you're like, "Is that Adam Scott? What is he doing?" Is, this, is this yeah. like tiny and, and a variety bit of role? roles too.
3: Yeah. Like he's not always a bad guy and not always a good guy. Like he'll just show up, and I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't know. He's great.
3: Yeah. Guy gets around.
1: <laughs> Adam Scott gets around. Obviously.
3: Man.
2: Alfred Woodard as Lily is yes really fucking good. Yeah. Like so, so good. good. She's kind of steals the movie in a lot of scenes. Totally, She, like, goes toe-to-toe with Patrick Stewart. And I think that, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a shame we haven't seen more of her. I know that she's kind of having a career resurgence right now. But, yeah, she is. she's yeah. so good.
3: She showed up – well, Dylan, she showed up for a single scene in uh, Mississippi Grind, which we did on – Which on you podcast, did on Frames, Frames and, and, fools. and Fools. Go check that out. Um, <laughs> but um, she shows up in a single scene, and she plays a lone shark.
4: <gasps> and
3: – Oh, Honest to god, yeah, she looms over the whole movie because she shows up early on mm-hmm. and it kind of sets it up as what you think is going to be the central conflict. Yeah,
1: yeah. Ah, and that's where I knew her from. She always yeah. shows
3: up and stuff. She's real good. And I'm like,
1: who are you? Mm-hmm. I know who you are. I just yeah. can't like put the name to the face. That's rad.
2: I think a, a lot of solid. youngish people will maybe know her from Captain America: Civil War. She's the woman who meets Tony Stark near the beginning of the movie and it's like my son was in one of the buildings that you guys blew up when you okay were i knew she was in avengers. that but i
3: forgot what she yeah. did
2: yeah okay yeah, and yeah that's yeah. like she's like basically the inciting like thought incident that breaks up the avengers yeah. so yeah she's she's great the
3: moral seed kind of worms its way in there and yeah yeah leads to uh you know ultron i can't remember i don't this after it's oh, post ultra yeah oh fuck no, we don't need to get
1: into it there.
2: so
0: so basically this movie uh is like they're on the enterprise e right not d the new the new e, cool one mm-hmm. the new enterprise it's the
3: electric power uh which <laughs> enterprise they have to stop at a uh, Tesla supercharging stations totally. every two galaxies
1: <laughs> every,
0: and there's not, two, not as much wood used. paneling in this enterprise I didn't which like is this enterprise a shame
1: yeah
0: I didn't like the whole I didn't like the the bridge of this enterprise it felt way too like battle bridge
3: and not enough like research bridge
0: right yeah
3: mm-hmm. I have a question as a as a non-trek I, I like Star Trek a lot yeah. I I don't pretend to know a ton about it. Um, they uh, have Henry, you, that, really that means you have to say you've
2: you've seen yeah. every piece of Star Trek twice, twice. by the yeah, way. If uh, <laughs> on our show, that means the, the baseline is two times,
0: yeah, so yeah. just say oh, that yeah. and
3: you're good. Yeah, you've yeah. seen
0: every <laughs> single episode of Star Trek ever two twice. Times. And that's it.
3: Yeah, it's true. Um, um, I apologize for my failings. Um, <laughs> when we show up on the bridge, they've all got this like thick uniform and I watched it and the weather was very warm so it made me very uncomfortable. Yeah. But everyone's got like this thick um like twill or like oh, yeah. I don't know fleece suit over their uniforms. Like you can you can glimpse their their colors at the collar, but they all have this is that a war thing? Is that like a Certain we're on the Enterprise and we're going to war kind of like
0: uniform? That's just their, What's their up, uniform like now. Um
2: yeah. I, I will say that I think they changed the uniform for when Starfleet went into the Dominion War. Yeah. So it is more militaristic. So, yeah. Good job it on that felt, costume design because it, it, it feels edgier. that way to you. Yeah, yeah, totally.
1: I also just assume it's, that it's like really fucking cold on all the starships because, like, they're wearing layers, man. Like, that stuff is not, I was say.
3: <laughs> not in this one. Not in Everyone this one, because they were like, oh, fucking but like, Yeah, before yeah. you realize what's going on, everyone's like clutching at their collars yeah. like, oh, gosh, it's hot. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, gosh. I was going to say, gosh. Uh, they probably made these
0: uniforms uh, more like beefy and stuff when going into Dominion Wars, because they probably wanted to have to divert less energy to environmental controls to AC the whole, or to yeah. the Smart. whole thing or it's whatever. You yeah, because they're, so. they're
2: at war. Um, and uh, on top of that, you know, it makes more sense when you have a variety of species on your ship to have like a lower temperature mm-hmm. overall. You know, it's like you can just throw on some layers, buddy. Yeah, good. Like, sorry. Yeah, no We're not all we Andorians. Can't go the other way. Yeah. Yeah, Andor- yeah, exactly. And
1: the main reason for these uniforms, we all know, is for beefy Picard, right? Beefy, sweaty Picard. Oh, yeah. With a tank. With like a sweet. So that Picard can like, have the line of sleep.
0: Check the environmental systems. It's getting hot in here.
2: It's getting <laughs> Well, Jordy says it. <laughs> Does Jordy right? say that? Jordy's like, and check. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And, 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 and by the way, check check the environment. <laughs> Figure out why it's so hot in here. <laughs> that's not portentous. <laughs> uh, uh, I agree with you, Darius, by the way, that like there there's a l- little bit of intimacy that's lost with this or warmth or something. I don't know that's lost with this Enterprise E-Bridge. Yeah. And I miss I missed the like thing overhead where warfish is just hanging out. <laughs> the wood <you> paneling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I know that it's like the E is more it makes sense that they would have made the Enterprise E more of a warship because totally. the Dominion War is about is happening. We six years ago, we fought the Borg. We we probably should make the Federation a little bit more Beefy in terms of militarism.
3: But we need to make it visually arresting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that way, our enemies will know we mean business. business. We're not also, colorful. We're gray.
2: Also, they like installed hue lighting in every yeah. ship yeah. because it's like way less lit. <laughs> it's very moody. Yeah.
0: Well, they wanted um, they wanted when they yeah. went on screen with with an enemy combatant. They wanted to make sure that like. It didn't look inviting. It didn't look like they were just having a grand old time. Like they wanted to make enemy captains look at their ship and go like, oh, they must mean business. It's
2: dark there. (laughs) They took a page out of like the Klingon
3: notebook. That's true. I forgot about that. Like you do have to think about the fact that potentially the person you're fighting is going to get like – Exactly what we're looking at now, like the zoom perspective of your bridge, you know? Yeah. So anyone in view of that, just like they're like, all right, everyone, shut the fuck up. We're gonna like we're gonna zoom <laughs> yeah. call our enemies, yeah, it, yeah, everyone exactly. scowl. <laughs> alive.
0: You know, there's definitely one enterprise ship out there, like Jan's laptop, where they put the camera like way too low below, <laughs> below the view screen, so they're like looking
2: up everybody's <laughs> nose. It's like who fucking designed this? It's like it just made sense. Like we didn't have a lot of the room. Plasma conduit. The, the plasma conduit runs up there. We got it. We gotta have the camera. <laughs> See, but I look like an idiot. Like I can't do di- space diplomacy this we way. Really, the we're really lucky that we like phased
3: out the skirts a long time ago. This isn't my this angle.
2: Just, <laughs> yeah.
3: God, can we get last looks? Where is hair and makeup? This yeah. is terrible.
1: <laughs> Oh man! Uh, so the
2: man. Th- so this 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 movie. I love the way this movie
3: starts.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was about to. reading my mind, Jan. Your mind, go for it.
3: <laughs> you know what? Go for it, buddy. Well, no, I'm glad that happens on this. Podcast. I set you up. <laughs> now
1: you get into it. Well, yeah. It opens up with Picard in the Borg ship. It's like bam, and he's like there, like mm, in the mm-hmm. the Borg thing. Um, and then it does
3: the, oh, and it does the crazy zoom, zoom out. out. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, it immediately yeah.
1: made me think, which is a, a bigger point I have about the whole movie is that they do that type of shit in Picard, the show where it seems needless and they're floating throughout all, the whole ship and they're like, look, it's a movie. And they're like floating in and out of the Borg stuff. Um, <laughs> but I have to say for the whole visuals, especially this part and when they're on the bridge, um, the JJ movies take a lot more from these movies than people give them credit for. Because visually, it's kind of the same, minus the uh, the flashlight lens flares. There's a lot of Dutch angles, a lot of like whip pans and and moving cameras and stuff. So like
3: shitload of Dutch angles.
1: Yeah. So when people saying like, oh, the JJ's movies are too much like craziness, I'm like, what? I watching yeah. the other ones. They kind of do the yeah. same thing, you know. The,
2: I- yeah. I do think that the Dutch angles in this movie make more sense than they do in the J.J. Abrams That's fair. movies. That's fair. yeah. Because in this one, they're used in scenes where it's like, we don't know what's about to happen. Like, <laughs> a board could be around any mm-hmm. corner. Totally, that is fair. In, in, in any corner. In J.J. Abrams movies, it's like, I don't know, like, do, maybe a Dutch <laughs> angle, and we'll have Chris Pine run across the screen. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's it's
3: used more like a, a moving movie poster in the J.J. J. movies. It's like oh, – they're like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna need to use this frame for some sort of promotion. So let's like kick it sideways 30 degrees, yeah. <laughs> bump up the saturation a little bit, make a little edgy, throw a lens flare in there. Fuck yeah. Which I yeah. think that
0: makes that that's a good point you bring up, Henry, because we've talked about in the past, like what would marketing use uh now on something that like they made back in the day for Star Trek. And like our last episode, Blood Oath, we talked about how the uh three Klingons that were in it were played by the old actors um, the, from like the original series that played these exact same 3D Klingons and we're like marketing would have a field day with that they would use that to like market yeah. this episode all the time they'd be like oh these three actors are coming back finally to Star Trek blah 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 whereas like back then I, I doubt that they did that as much I feel like marketing has a way bigger hand on things these days than it did before
2: they totally would, like, overplay the, like, Picard goes toe-to-toe with, with the Borg again. again.
3: Yeah. I, I wonder, though, because I feel like of all things, Star Trek is kind of the one that, like, had the conventions, had the newsletters, had the fan base, had, like, this devoted following. Yeah. Where I'd be curious, kind of separate from this, I'd be curious to see um, how much, like, the internet that community has been in the past Mm, right like you have this group of people who are so devoted to a property and into the trivia and they just i mean it's it's the stereotypical like well actually like they kind of defined that for decades right that's
1: a good point um
3: so it's kind of funny that it it does come full circle where now you have something like star trek comes out and yeah they you know You got to have your articles and you got to have your featurettes on YouTube and you got to have your Instagram spots and things like that, which is from a marketing perspective. But that was just groundswell. and You know, like that was just grassroots in the past. So. Oh, man. I don't know. Did Did Star Trek birth the current Internet? Yeah. We'll never know. Click here to find (laughs) out.
1: Did Trek fans like usher in the era of like fandom that we have now? Because it really is. It's like Uh, bronze, like the whole thing. Absolutely, yes.
2: Yeah. As a huge diehard, insufferable Star Trek nerd, (laughs) I know that I'm like middle of the pack among them. Because there are people who'd be like straight up, like, it's not Star Trek if it came out after 1984. You know, like there are people who are just, there's so much gatekeeping in Star Trek. And that that really is sad to me. Although I I do Um,
0: feel like there's less gatekeeping in Star Trek than there is in Star Wars. Star Wars uh, has a Way bigger gatekeeping insanity things in so? Star Trek
1: now. I don't know. I feel about like it. the you, gatekeeping ramps
3: we, up when something we ignore them though, right? Yeah. <laughs> when like everyone's when things, like, "Oh fuck you!" Like someone talks about the expanded universe in 2020, relax, and we're like, dude. "Shut the fuck <laughs> <Yeah>. up!" <laughs> like <laughs> so I played Rogue Squadron too. You need to just shut. But up, I feel like you know? there's
0: a lot less people in Star Trek now, at least that. i I could be wrong, and I'm probably one of mm. the, the the weird gatekeeper things. Older property, but has it has it just aged out? Like yeah, those people are but there's honestly this, just so old at this, this point. This thing of like a lot of Star Trek fans are really quick to just accept new Star Trek and be like Discovery, whatever. Like I just great. give me Star Trek. I fucking I love it. Right. Whereas like mm. I feel like when it comes to Star Wars, they're like if it's not the original series, it fucking it sucks. sucks. And, yeah. like, don't give me anything mm. that's not the original series and not what I want out of it. Like,
3: yeah. <laughs> there's just less to – there's because there's less, they judge it harsher. Star Trek, it's just like you get a new series or two or three. Well, and ten these There's days, so much 20, to yeah. – <laughs> Yeah, for real. It, it sort of has an analog with, like, the horror film community where it's just like I kind of don't care – How well it's made. I kind of don't care what it is. Just give me more because I want it. Yeah. And Star Trek or Star Wars is more... I mean, calling them connoisseurs is like giving them way too much credit. no, don't use that word. Because there's... No, I know. Because there's less, I feel like people are pickier, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. The Mandalorian was the first live-action Star Wars series we've gotten. And it started in 77. That's absurd. Like, that is insane that it took that long for them to go hey this super lucrative franchise let's make a tv show yeah i think i don't know
2: i think scarcity is a thing that is kind of going out the window now Mm -hmm. because studios are so conservative in terms of their ideas so you know the marvel era has created this monster basically where if a product if an ip doesn't Also lead to like two TV shows, three sequels, um, like a YouTube miniseries, a a, a, a post-show podcast, you know, network. It's like uh, we're not sure if we're willing to spend it. Yeah, why invest? I would also
0: uh, uh, wager the fact that it wasn't just Marvel that created this. It's the whole tech venture capital idea of like. Cool. You have an Ooh. app, but do you have an ecosystem? Ooh. Do you have like a a platform? Yeah. Like, cool. Yeah. Like your app measures. Can we scale this your up. Your app measures <laughs> dog tails. Great. But how? What's the platform that we have here that like people can we can keep people giving us money? You mm. know.
3: Is there a community there?
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. And I feel can like we can we add our own uh, social media <laughs> like extension.
0: Which I feel um, like that. I mean, like that
2: like yeah.
3: came before the whole Marvel thing, right? Of like. Okay, now mm. we have a show. Now Marvel have- proved it was possible, though. Like, if you look back at 2008, the MCU is, like, in its infancy. It seemed impossible. Like, when Avengers came out and they're like, and we're going to put them all in one movie, Ooh. everyone was like, fuck off. Like, like five we did not heroes? Think yeah. you could. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, it was absurd. And then it happened and everyone went, and then guess. on the other side of it, a bunch of people saw dollar signs because they were like, oh, Money. shit. This is big dollars. If we bet big, we'll win big. And then all of a sudden the idea of having like a show on its own or a movie on its own looked foolish to the suits because, you know, why would we, why would we do it that way? Why would we, which is ironic because Star Trek, like they're it's cranking right out movies right. and shows left and yeah. right. But speaking so what's the difference, I guess, is my question. Like how come, you know, like Star Trek has so many movies and maybe we can talk about like budgets or I don't know. Legacy or a fan base that continues to show up, but I just don't know. I will
0: say that with the Star Trek uh, movies, before we got to this uh, place that we're at now, where they want to give us twenty five thousand Star Trek things, um, they they were born out of of shows that were very popular. So, like the only reason that they did an original series, they did original series Star Trek movies, was because the shows had a fan base that wanted to see those movies and the only reason they did these tng movies was the show had a fan base like yeah voyager and deep space 9 are way more popular now than they were when they were on air which makes sense on why they never really got movies but they just kind of had cameos within these movies you know that's a point
1: that i wanted to bring up about like the fact that in terms of the jj abrams movies and like movies like first contact is that First Contact was written by BB and Ronald D. Moore, like the guys who make the Trek show. And they took the Trek show and the stylings and made it into a movie. And the current generation of Trek that we're in started from J.J. J. Abrams' movie, and they took the movie stuff and everyone who made those movies and put them on TV, which to me, I don't I don't want to be the gatekeeper thing, uh, but th- that feels like a problem in terms of storytelling. In terms of like, really, what you can tell because these movies, while they're you know movies, um, First Contact has a you know some good stuff. It's Hollywoody, but it it you know it feels a little slower, especially this fucking scene with Picard listening to opera, like boosting opera. Love it. Yeah, it's so cool and it's slow and you know it's it's not as fast paced. But
3: the movie felt small. Uh-huh. Which it's funny it's it's a movie about you know saving the human race, like the stakes are fucking enormous, but still, I walked away from it with that good feeling of like, yeah, we used to make small movies, and I don't know if that's again, you know, they spent forty five million on the budget, but it it was more yeah. Yeah. personal, and it was about like Zephyr Cochran as a flawed character and about history viewed through this lens and you know whatever bullshit you want to throw at it, but you have these amazing moments like Picard being essentially like Ahab, but then realizing it, and you know being called out by yeah. Alfred Woodard's character.
0: When's the last time we saw a like pretty big action movie? Because I'll call this an action movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes place in like two true uh,
2: locations. True, like yeah. just two locations mm-hmm. and only two locations. Yeah, they they reuse those <laughs> hallways all the time. Henry, yeah. you know what you said about horror earlier kind of makes me loop into this movie. One, I think like low key, this is kind of a horror movie. It was or, like, spooky. You no know, half it of was it. definitely it's
3: spooky. Yeah,
2: it's, it's spooky. And also, you mentioned budgets earlier. Mm-hmm. You guys probably have seen in my document what the budget of this movie is. But like when I when I am I, not looking
0: at it, okay, forty five mil. What do you guys think the budget of this movie was? Um, twenty five mil. Really? That's way low. That's That's super low.
1: low. I don't know. I thought at least 50, if not like 80. Uh, But I have a budget-related thing to say about it, and it's when they go down. So basically what's happening is uh, they find the Borg, They blow the fuck out of the Borg and then the Borg sends this little ball towards the earth and it creates a time vortex and they get sucked into a time vortex and go to the future, go to the past, which is 2060 and the Borg are now destroying the Phoenix ship, which is how humans like get up into space. So, uh, when that happens and they go down onto earth to try to like fix everything, I love that in a movie budget, they're allowed to have like four or five ensigns with them because like on the show when they're like (laughs) Crusher, you're with Crusher, like you guys all go down and it's just them. But like the movie budget, they get like five random ass ensigns to like go with them and and do the away mission. Which is
0: funny because like when when, when Picard like gives the orders of who's going on the away mission, I literally thought it was just going to be them (laughs) when they beam in. And then I saw more people. I was like, whoa, There's more of them. that's way What's more happening? than what Picard yeah, said.
4: <laughs> Accessing Starfleet archives. Simulating. You may now enter the holodeck.
2: Uh, Ensign Lynch, would you mind passing that uh, allocator?
3: Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Here you go. No, 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 please
2: continue reading
3: oh well it's crazy did you know each borg spacecraft is actually equipped with a vinculum to interconnect its crew uh which in turn uh connects to the central plexus that links the ship to the collective did did you did you know that
2: i was not aware of that that is a very useful piece of information ensign lynch thank you yeah 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 yeah. hey
0: uh hey ensign lynch hey Hey. how's it going hey guys how's it com space I am about to down this whole bottle of whiskey by myself. Oh,
2: that is surprising to hear. I thought you were very excited about the fact that you got to you were assigned to a the celebration. Phoenix. It's a celebration.
0: Mm. Yeah. No, it is not a celebration. Oh. I was assigned to take off in the Phoenix, That's great. which was gonna be amazing. And then Riker had to come up, pull rank on me as number one because he's just all giddy about meeting Zefram Cochran and he wants to be a part of history. So actually him and Jordy are the ones that are gonna be flying in the Phoenix and my seat has been taken. Regardless of the fact that my seat was my seat because I happen to be the exact same size as my great-great-grandfather, Freddie Space, who was gonna be the third person On the Phoenix, he was. We we loved that part of our family history. He got killed. Wait, Tom. The Borg explosion. The Borg
2: explosion killed your great great grandfather, Freddy Space. And he was going to be on the Phoenix. And 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 I was going to go instead because I look like him and I I I fit into the seat and everything. I I'm sorry. I'm just confused. Should you be here? Should you be alive? Isn't this some sort of temporal paradox? You would think it would be a temporal paradox, right? But he
0: impregnated my grandmother before he went up in the phoenix. My great-great-grandmother. So I would still technically be born. It, things would just be different. Like, my memories are a little weird now. Yeah, sir. Yeah. For sure.
1: Oh, yeah. guys. Glow Peck, my friend, Tom Space, my friend, and instantly. Hey. My new friend, hello, hey, what's what is you guys are not gonna believe what just happened?
0: You, <laughs> you are wasted, what? I can't wait to be
2: where you are.
1: I'm not drunk, I'm buzzed, and I just did a really great time. Her,
2: you should say? not be drinking at this time, we are in the middle of a crisis. <laughs> First contact is on the line.
1: Ah, come on, everyone's drinking. You guys aren't gonna believe who I just ran into. I I,
3: I, I find it, it hard to believe that oh. Zephyr Cochran would be drinking on the eve of his, you know, monumental flight.
1: How did you know fucking Zephyr Cochrane? Zephra Cochran? Zephyr Cochran, Is that I believe it's and, Zephram
2: Cochrane. Is that is that is that, is that how it's pronounced? Zephram.
0: It's Zephyr. Cochran. Zephrem? Zephrem Cochran. Zephr- that's what I'm saying. Zephrem Zephrim Zephrim Cochran. Cochran. Zephrim Cochran.
1: Zephrem Cochran. I'm saying it right. I don't know why you guys keep see- You yeah, say Zephram.
3: That's what I said. much as Regional accents. the uh, differences. Uh, it, it's fine.
1: Zeph, as we like to call him, mm. was number two in the most exciting things that happened. I was hanging out with Zeph and. Do you guys know Deanna? Do you guys know Deanna? You know who Deanna Troy yes, is. Yes, Counselor Troy. Yes. You guys know who she, she is. Of yes, course. yes. Yeah. The Enterprise's
0: yeah.
2: counselor, our counselor, the one that I go
0: see yeah, every I week. Have, she's. I have off. a session with her every
2: three
1: months. That's so cool. She's like. We confide in her. She's so down to earth, yeah. and we really like hit it off when I was hanging, when we were hang, when we were drinking with Zeph, and and Deanna. It was really cool.
2: Would, would you mind passing me uh, the transponder right there? Uh, this guy? Yes.
1: Yeah, there you go.
3: Thank you.
0: Hey, said Lynch, what are you, what you reading?
3: Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, I'm, I'm just reading about the Borg spacecraft. Um, Borg. Um, did you know that uh, when critically damaged or otherwise compromised, the Borg ship uh, often self-destructs to prevent outsiders from studying um, Borg technology— um, yeah, that's uh, we don't know much about them because of this. Um, they have uh, these transwarp coils uh, that achieve even greater speed by opening uh, transwarp uh, conduits. The, the crazy thing is actually at this point we're, we're, we we don't even know that we know this stuff about them because you know we we went back in time to you know so a lot of this is actually going to happen um, after after us. It, it's all very complicated, but. But wow, Ensign no, Lynch, but, you seem to be wow. the preeminent expert on
2: Borg technology and facts in general down here on the away Well, camp.
3: they're they're quite fascinating, you know. I mean, it's 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 kind of like um um what did they call them like sharks, right? Um, they're kind of scary, but like if you if you know what you're doing and you can, um and you and you study them and you get kind of close to them. Um, you, I, well, I don't know. I haven't been, but I feel like it, um, it'd be very educational. Um, I feel like I might maybe get along with them. They seem very focused. Um, hmm. I like that. I like I that like a lot. That.
1: you you yeah. you you exude an essence of love. Well, thank you. It's very nice. Are with you the boring? You. You love just like everyone else. Her, right?
2: Are you starting I, to be an empath? Might... Are you trying to be like an empath right now?
1: Uh, I'm not gonna say no. Uh, Deanna definitely rubbed off on me a little bit. She's so empathic. That's
0: not. Pert, that's not how that works though. You don't just become an empath because somebody rubbed off on you. You have to be. She's born an empath
3: because. Of her. Yeah. her I know. I've never gotten parents. drunk with Deanna. I, I don't know. Maybe it, it does rub off. Have you guys I've,
1: ever gotten drunk with Deanna? Have you ever not, gotten no. drunk with Deanna? Yeah. Yeah,
3: I okay, had it. Okay, Tom. You, uh,
1: you know what? I you, I, this ridiculous. I sincerely How, doubt you. Why that do we you... believe everything that Tom says? Is ridiculous. You said you were assimilated by the Whatever. board too. Is that true? I was.
3: No, I
0: was actually. I knew everything that Ensign no. just sure. told me because I had been oh, assimilated by the board. Not this
3: story again. Board. Oh not my this again. God! You... That is so cool. I cannot. You have to believe... tell me everything. See, at least somebody believes me. At least oh my somebody God, believes is. me. You have to tell me more. Oh my God. Yeah, oh tell him God. more, please. Oh I actually... Oh, I will tell Please you tell more.
1: him more. What are you working
2: on, oh, what, what am I working? Uh, it's taking up the oh, whole right. table. Well, as you know, we lost communications with the Enterprise-E, and the long-range sensors were disabled when we came in through the temporal vortex. So I took it upon myself, since Geordi had no tasks for me, to uh, reestablish communications with the Enterprise so that we can theoretically communicate with them. Uh of course, it's only one way currently, so I can only get us up there. But once we're back on the Enterprise, then I'll be able to do the same thing there, and we'll be able to have reestablished communications between the planet and the Enterprise. Uh, and all I need, actually, is somebody's comm badge, if somebody can...
1: Let's get out know, of thanks
2: here. Thanks for talking. I really appreciate it. Oh, would you like to return to the Enterprise? No because it, honestly... It, Let's get out of here. I was a little bit excited about potentially meeting my great-grandfather, Mopec, uh, he's one of the Vulcans who had first contact here, but
3: yeah, what yeah, it,
2: it's something we don't really talk about it much in my family because there's much more significant things that occurred uh, besides meeting humans. Uh, your
1: grandfather's name was Mo. Great grandfather was mopec
2: yes. Same, great- okay, and here we go. This is now fully active. Uh, if if you gentlemen want. This yeah, guy, let's get out of here. Left I,
0: I only anchor. came down here because I, I was going to get to meet my great-great-grandfather. And,
2: Do we have to huddle?
0: Do we have to get we we to closer? We will have to
2: huddle. And shall we beam okay. directly into engineering? That seems like the most convenient place for all of us to that beam into.
3: Logical. Yeah.
2: I got an idea. I got an idea.
0: Fuck. Instead of beaming straight into engineering, let's beam into the Jeffries tube that's attached to engineering so that we can... We can give Ensign really? Dellinger Oh, a en- scare. Ensign Dellinger, he's <laughs> notorious he for
3: being every, easy to scare. Yes, real good scare. idea. I like pulling right? pranks on people. And
0: he he always works right next to that one Jeffrey's tube. So let's go straight yeah. into that uh, Jeffrey's okay. tube. Yeah,
1: we'll...
2: Pretend we'll to be Borg. Okay. I'm going to Get out of input our coordinates and...
1: Hey, you right
2: I'll just say the budget for the movie was forty five million dollars. Yeah. So forty five million dollar movies don't exist anymore. Even no, adjusted to twenty twenty dollars, honestly. Forty five million. Eight twenty four makes
1: forty five million dollar mm-hmm. movies. That's it. <laughs> yeah,
2: like this this movie's action. I know it's actually kind of small. You guys all said small, but it, it really works. Yeah. Like they pick their spots. Well, you pick and your and battles fine. when you have a budget and that small.
3: Like you really make decisions. Totally. Yeah. And. You figure out what you want to do, and And that's shit, they did. And and, and horror movies often have such low budgets,
2: Mm -hmm. right? And those movies are so great and so creative, and I think that's what happens in First Contact, too. It's really creative, Mm -hmm. and it creates these really great character moments,
0: too. I think I will say, uh, and I know a lot of people will probably argue with this, and it is kind of like old school to say, but I do think – the The idea that we are live in such a world where big budget movies are like the norm now, it mm. kills creativity. Like it's just such a boilerplate. Like we need to make money off this movie. We're spending a lot of money on this movie, kind of a thing. And also, like to newer to like to younger directors, when they get a big movie, they're just like, oh, I can spend money on anything I want now. Well, and cool. it's a Let's yeah. just kind do of a it horrifying experience. Like,
3: I mean, I. Mm. I know there was kind of a recent trend in the past 10 years of, like, indie directors being, you know, heralded and then pulled up by the big studios to go from a $1 million movie to a $100 million movie. And you hear it time and time again that, you know, they're scrappy and they can do a lot with a million. You hand them $100 million and they fucking crumble – because all of a sudden you've got multiple boardrooms, you've got shareholders to you know you've got weird time constraints, you've got <laughs> so a, a ton of layers and red tape and all this shit that kind of comes with that. So rather than you know being like all right, fuck, this is the money we have, let's make it happen and you know dodging and doing the thing, yeah, you end up you know making compromises like, left yeah. and right, and it's this weird paradox of like you have all the money in the world, and then you end up with a movie that. Looks great if you don't know anything about movies and isn't a good movie.
1: I think that's true because, like,
3: <laughs> yeah, like what Josh Trank
2: is a, is yes, a cautionary teller, I was there literally for, thinking for Fantastic about Four. Fantastic Four.
3: Okay. <laughs> Four Stick. Colin,
2: yeah, uh, Colin Trevorrow. I personally I despise abhor the Jurassic the man. World movies, yeah. I think they're so terrible. I'm not a fan, God. and and it's it, not just because of like, oh, it's a sequel to it. They're they're just I'm not, not precious about they don't it, have it's any just
3: a, they're not. Yeah. They don't. They're not exhilarating to me. Like they don't hold any suspense.
2: Yeah, it's like wow. I just watched something that cost two hundred billion dollars to make and felt
3: yes nothing. Yeah, I. Yeah. It's something Dylan and I talk about a lot. But once you watch something, and I know everyone just kind of like you know goes whole oh, about Mad Max Fury Road or different things like that. But you watch something that is let's say two hours long and you're gripped the whole time and you're watching it and it ends. And you take a deep breath and you're like, man, like, I love feeling like that. I love movies that, you know, get you. And then you spend two and a half hours watching something and it never goes anywhere. And it's just like this very simple, completely unfair equation to most movies. But if something can take two hours of my life and make me feel a certain way, it's possible. Therefore, why can't something more expensive and longer do that? And it... Gets more and more frustrating. Where I'm like, my time is valuable, you know. Like, and I watch. It's yeah. almost a worse crime if something's mediocre. At least if it's bad, you have a story to mm. tell. But then you watch something expensive yes. and all right, and I feel betrayed. I feel like, come on, this is.
0: Yeah, my- when's st- when is a studio gonna give a director a shit ton of money? and then be like all right hands off yeah. i trust you yeah Make a good
2: movie instead
1: what, what's of like right, going to strangle
2: everything out of you <laughs> like <laughs> like is it like 90 million is that the new like okay you have 90 million dollars good luck we'll see we'll, like, well look at we'll the first at five, and five. And <laughs> then like i think yeah, it's exactly.
1: really about the like the team because with this movie uh i'm just going to comp- i'm i hate to go back to star wars again but i'm going to compare like uh last jedi to this in terms of the team because when you said like giving a director a bunch of money and creative freedom last jedi was the first thing that i thought about yeah because ryan johnson they hired ryan johnson and his producer that they've worked together on everything so with this movie you've got brendan Mm -hmm. braga roundy Moore, rick berman and jonathan frakes they are a Mm -hmm. team of people it's all in-house all in-house and they can defend and they can ward off the like hawkish studio execs which is i would i would assume happened with last jedi where ryan johnson had a producer to trust to fuck just fuck off everyone so he could do what he needed to do the
3: shields like if if you are a ship if the production is a ship you as, yeah. like, the creator or the captain, and you need the shields that are, like... Your deflectors. ...sympathetic producers. Exactly, yeah. You need those layers, which I will say, like, Ryan Johnson is an interesting example, but also bucks that trend where he worked his way up to that budget. So not only was he smart enough where he would right. had experience, like his first movie was tiny, and then it grew in surprisingly regular increments of $10 million. So by the time he got to Star Wars... He was able to handle a production of that size, and he was smart enough to bring on, like you were saying, that team of people. He knew, I need to focus on Mm -hmm. this because this is fucking Star Wars. This is hard enough already. I can't be messing around with layers and layers of executives. So you, Bergman, are going to take care of that, and I'm going to do my job. And it's just he's able to focus on it as if it were a lower-budget movie because he's not dealing with the higher-budget pressures. Which is why yeah. this feels yeah. so good is because that team is solid and, you know, it's it's a mid-budget movie and it's...
0: You also had a fan base, I think going back to yes. the fan base, that is no. used to watching a TV show <laughs> and is used to watching, like, things take place in one or two places and kind of have mm-hmm. shitty backgrounds and not, like... Yeah. And they don't reintroduce pieces. yeah You know? Yeah, know. And so they're like... Oh, we can
3: get away with that.
0: Like, exactly, we'll make it look very cinematic and and cool and like mm-hmm.
1: it's and number stuff, eight,
3: but- right? Like, yeah, I, <laughs> you know, by eight, it's like fuck it, like literally, this is eight. Last Jedi was eight. It's by eight, eating. they're like, you fuck know it. what? Do you it, it. like? There are people out there. This will land. Fuck I it.
2: have
1: something really. I remember
2: when I was a kid.
1: Oh, oh, oh No, no, ahead, no. yours is on topic. Mine's off topic.
2: I'll I'll just say real quick, like when I saw this in theaters, when, while you were shitting your diapers, I was watching First Contact. (laughs) uh, I saw this in theaters and I really remember seeing this movie. I remember that an adult was sitting next to me and I looked at him and I, I, at this point I am like eight years old and I'm like, I heard, I read, I had read reviews in like TV guide or whatever. I was like, I read this is the best Star Trek movie that's come out in a long time. And he's like, cool. Because he was just like there to see a movie, you know. Uh, cool. But I remember watching this. Uh, he's like, whatever, kid. But like he was nice about yeah. it. But I remember that distinctly. Cool. And I remember watching this movie and like just this – like you, something you would never see in the TV show is like the Enterprise. It's a very Star Wars-like shot. But like the Enterprise like taking up – the entire fucking screen. Yeah. I
3: remember that shot. Where
2: you, where you don't even really see the whole ship because it's so big. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God, Star Trek is so cool now. <laughs> this is the coolest thing. Oh my And God. it meant so, and this is like cinematic, right? And like the Abrams movies do that too, where yeah. like the enterprise takes up. But um, I, I just remember like, this is so like, the Defiance shooting at the de- at the Borg oh, the ship Defiant. and it's like oh. it's it's pretty cool and it's shooting at it. Yeah. But then the Enterprise comes in and swoops in and yeah. like takes up the whole screen and takes the hit for it. And it's just like comp- and I'm like, this is the coolest movie I've ever seen uh, as like a like an oh, eight-year-old. Eight so like, like, it's so small compared to the a a point. point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and 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 also that's like really efficient use of visual storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the, the defiance like shooting, shooting, shooting. And then the Enterprise comes in. It's like, oh cool, like
1: dad's yeah. home. And then we're gonna fuck
3: some shit and up. And then they make that but My dad can beat up your dad.
1: Yeah. They make that offhanded comment when Worf gets on board and they're like, oh your fucking tiny ship. And Worf's like, fuck you. My ship's awesome. Like <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, man. Riker,
0: Riker says something along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like
2: Fuck you, Riker! Yeah. Like, and Morphe's like. By the way, we've been fighting the Dominion. What have you, Where has the Enterprise the fuck been? Have you so been? The Enterprise here. hasn't involved at all. It's interesting
0: at the beginning of this movie, right? Um, they they talk about how the, the Enterprise has to go, just like fuck off and like like watch the neutral zone, <laughs> and everyone everyone including Picard is like, why? Why are we going out there? when the borg are attacking <laughs> and everyone else is like everyone watching the movie you're like yeah why fun. why are they sending them all it's the like, way out there literally Maybe it's every because week you guys weren't <laughs> around for the dominion war <laughs>
1: You guys have been fucking it's like off. you
2: guys could have come in at any point and probably beat the Dominion. Like you guys are the best. If you guys would just participate a little bit, uh, I God. think we could win this war. But instead, you're off like doing your weird side stories, looking <laughs> at like little planets. It feels like such a they wrote this into the
0: script to make it to 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 do the character development of. All right, Picard's gonna buck the rules. Classic and be. Be like Cowboy Picard yeah. and going and save the day. Love that scene where he's awesome. like, "I he's will like, say."
1: Uh, <laughs> just so everyone knows, I'm right? about to uh, defy a direct order. And if anyone wants to leave, and then it's like, uh, "Sir, um, to hell with orders."
3: <laughs> <laughs> My heart swelled. I swear to God, like I, I have a, you know, service level maybe a little bit deeper connection to this franchise that scene happened i was like fuck yeah <laughs> fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Like, hell yeah for you oh. picard i was so stoked about it oh my god, god. I,
2: I, that's such a great moment and i think it's it's great too to let's think since we're doing more of i think a frames and foolsy take on this i'm assuming um i love that this movie is pre-save the cat in terms of that you know oh, that yeah. book that came out because yeah. now the first half hour of the movie would be what's happening oh well the borg are yeah. exists oh okay cool uh the borg are attacking and then picard would be like um I don't think I should fight the Borg because the Borg mm-hmm. are I have a close connection to the Borg. And be like you would be great to fight the Borg. you like, you're no, like I, can't. I just have to deny yeah. the I just can't fight them. Yeah. And then they'd be like okay and then something would happen like Borg's nephew would get killed and he'd be like okay now <laughs> now we're going to fight the Borg. Now and that's how yeah. that's how the save the cat structure would force but in this movie it's just like the Borg are attacking eh. and they don't want you to fight them yeah. Picard's like Fuck that. Fuck let's that. go fight the Borg. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just gets right into it. I love movies that are like efficient.
0: And they they also had to do that in case somebody's watching this movie that has never seen a Star Trek episode or never seen a Star Trek yeah. movie before because they don't they wouldn't know. So they're like they throw that scene in the beginning with with Picard on the Borg ship and like yeah. that stuff to like lay the seeds and then they're just and like all right, let's get in. Now let's just get to the
3: shit let's we actually to cool want to talk
0: stuff. about. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's we had it. to get this stuff out of the way first. The cool <laughs> yeah. stuff. Let's we'll do we'll that. give
3: you that cool opera scene. Yeah, and it's, it's efficient, right? Like just throw it in there. Hell of a way to start a movie. Like awesome. Like opening page is great. And then you get into it and you get to have the rest of the movie to do whatever you want because yeah. you've kind of laid that ground. And at the end of the day... It's number eight. Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> you know. Let's, let's get to the cool stuff. And for me, the cool stuff is Jordy with some fly-ass fucking, the, the coolest outfit of the 2060s yeah. with his sweet red Back to the Future jacket and his weird sunglasses. <laughs>
3: I was so stoked when they were like, computer, give us like 21st century clothes. I was mid, like, let's go. mid century. Let's see what they look like.
1: <laughs> but it's weird for me to see his eyes, to be perfectly honest. I got so used to LeVar Burton yeah. with the visor on that seeing him without it on was yeah. weird. And I was like, this is weird. It whenever,
2: whenever I see LeVar Burton without the visor, I'm like, oh, it's about to be like a really nice, swell yeah. time <laughs> exploring some books yeah you know like it's gonna be some literature mm. maybe some racial history
0: yeah. yeah i felt way more comfortable with him with the sunglasses on because yeah. i couldn't see his eyes yeah, totally
1: totally <laughs> absolutely
3: <laughs> i went through a phase where i obsessively watched not the shows but all of the movies i uh-huh. got them all from the library and watched them like bam 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 oh wow. so i know and so there's like these shreds of memories that come back into place as I watch these movies. Um, I love that you've done that with the library. That's what I did with the Fast and the Furious franchise. <laughs> Fuck yes, nice. I was
2: like, I was like, yeah. I'm gonna see, I'm gonna see all of these, and I'm not gonna pay any money
3: to do that. No, I'm, I'm gonna use I'm the government to fund <laughs> I my I Fast it. and Fuck Furious yes. franchise.
1: That's hell it. yes. <laughs> Um, can we talk about the the um, weird bluegrass music that they got playing in the bar when Deanna gets drunk with uh, yeah with what's his they're doing a diner thing zephrem
3: they're doing like a fifties it's because it's like it's the twenty sixties they're doing a twenty fifties twenty sixties thing where it. they've got like a jukebox right I get it that's that's gotta yeah. be what it is you just
1: have a hard time believing I mean, it's, we grass.
0: look at we look at it canonically in the world right they just had World War three yeah um mm. there's not a lot of like like humans are are far and few between right now civilizations mm. because of world War three um people just want to like grasp onto we're developing rockets human, mm-hmm. which you know, is
3: it's kind of like a hundred years later. We're exactly where we were in the 1950s. We're developing rockets. Yeah. It's a new space race kind of thing. Yeah.
2: Oh my God, Henry. Yeah. That's the first time I've ever thought of it that way. That's so fucking good. Off the cuff, <laughs> that's baby. So good. I wish I oh. wish I
3: had some notes that I was reading where I'm like, yeah, but yeah. no, this is just
4: it well done. Because so. it's weird,
3: right? It, it's the 2060s, and it is this thing where you see it and you're like, My God, guys, come on. Like, we're better than this, but it, it's after a world war. And it's this resurgence of technology and it's this mm. repurposing of war technology to do something more forward thinking and more peaceful.
2: I do like that, that B plot, the so-called B plot of this movie is an exploration of that character. Zephyr and Cochran, uh, Cochran? And how our heroes are op- like, we only read, you know, we only know the end point of, of a mm. hero character. Yeah. But the point, where he becomes a hero, the moment, the inflection point, it's like, Oh, they may not be as dope as you think they are. Like, Oh, he's an alcoholic. He's kind of money driven. Uh, he's a genius, but he may not be altruistic. And you get to see yeah. that arc, you know, when like that for me, that turning point is when they actually get out there and he looks at earth and you feel it as a, as, as a viewer when he's like, Mike, like, uh, how does he react to earth? He's like, my
1: God, he's like it's so small.
3: Like, holy cow! It's So small. Yeah. It there's a in word life for that. perspective. Yeah, is it? Uh, what is it like? Uh, it's yeah. it's like one of the. There's like so many different health, um, not benefits. The other, the opposite of that, that there's a lot of things that happen to your body as a result of going into space. But one of like the huge benefits is apparently when you see Earth as a whole, like from the outside, you just get filled with this feeling of like. Sense of purpose and not altruism necessarily, but yeah astronauts like report on this feeling of like, oh, that's why we're here. That's what I'm doing. That's what this is all about. And that's exactly what the movie captured.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't imagine. Was
2: it that, that that quote? Like, look at that, you son of a bitch! Yeah, like that's 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 home. That's, that, <laughs> which astronaut said that. It's like look look at that, you son of a bitch! Like that's home. <laughs> Somebody said that. That's that's, I don't know, but that's, that's definitely the only sounds like a nineteen sixties astronaut yeah. for sure. Like Oh, son totally. Of a bitch. It's one of the dudes who punches people in the face whenever they <laughs> like say that guy, <laughs> That guy's probably not a very good
0: human being, but like
2: yeah. <laughs> I love that. But like he definitely is like just down
0: to glass of whiskey. He's like, look at that, you son of a bitch that's our home <laughs> that's our home
1: I love that Riker doesn't ruin the moment but he fucking Rikers the moment where like uh, Zephyr Cochran's like oh my god and then it like cuts to to Riker there and he's like i about to get a whole lot bigger and Zevron's like would you just fuck off man Like, <laughs>
2: he's used to saying that line he always has to have the last word Riker's
1: one yeah. of
0: those guys that like will put anything in at the end just to be like yeah I said the last word in that situation <laughs> he walks away
1: <laughs> Speaking of Riker, uh, and everyone really, everyone's hair is really wild in this, especially Riker's. It's like kind of wild, but like styled wildly. N- nobody's hair, except for Picard, because he didn't have any, looks like particularly great. <laughs> like it's all just kind of. Yeah, like, like weird. none
2: of it's aged well, except for Patrick Stewart's. Yeah. yeah.
1: Patrick Stewart's hair. Is
2: Patrick Stewart's hair. Stewart looks very of the time. Uh, but yeah. Peace, like, like, um, so Troy, Marina Certis has like bangs, but like they're very 90s bangs. Yeah,
1: but they're like stringy. Gates McFadden
2: slash, yeah, Crusher has blonde hair for some reason. It's like you're iconically known for having red hair and now you're blonde. And it's really, she went like strawberry blonde.
3: Just Just trying something different. It's like the Harry Potter movies. Every single movie is so current to when it was made that towards the end they figured it out. They're like, oh shit, we can't like. Have crazy long hair or follow the styles of the time because it's very dating. I think yeah. like yeah, whatever the last director of like the last four Harry Potters, he came in and was like, "Guys, Relax. like, like we can't, yeah. we can't <laughs> like carbon date this to the Too year much. we're making it." Yeah. But this is the this Harry is Potter very much a case styles of that.
0: to me is very much the uniforms in Star Trek, where every single show mm-hmm. and every single movie has like their own new uniform. Yeah. I would love – They have to make their uniform, uniform styles? I would
3: love – Which, I mean, frankly, uh you read about like the U.S. military and how like one department, like one branch of the U.S. military got like digital camo and the rest of them were like, well, 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 we need that too. (laughs) And like billions of dollars were spent to upgrade each branch of the military to like – That's the reason you see like those stupid like 2000s digital camo suits that even soldiers are like – I'm not sure where we're supposed to blend in. It's all because <laughs> one branch of the military got it, thought it was cool, and then everyone, everyone else, else was like, oh, "We want no clothes too." Like that's what happened. Oh, so, God. in a weird way, it kind of makes sense in Star Trek. They come up with a new ship. They're like, "Ooh, oh, we need new we digs." Need like, digs. <laughs> unless you're <laughs> at
0: Discovery and you see the new, sh- you see the new yeah. uniforms, and you're like, "Nah, we'll stick to these." Jump sh- these jumpsuits—it's cool, I get, guess. Like, with the gold yeah. trim,
2: yeah, they're they're fine with it. Or Voyager when they when they make contact with Earth again, it's like, oh, those uniforms—they're new, they look great. It's like, yeah, we're just gonna <laughs> stick with these old ones. Though they could have just replicated new ones that match now. Could have sent them the replicator plans. Oh, yeah, they're being real hipster about it. Uh, um,
0: do we have anything else we want to talk about about like the movie outside of the holodeck and stuff? Like, we can definitely. Talk more about the movie in the second episode for sure because we're yeah. not going to have a lot. Mm-hmm. but yeah. we're getting to that time where we should probably wrap this episode up. Yeah. So, I'll, well,
2: we know thematically. I'll just talk about you know upgrades of uniforms. I think the Borg in this movie, they stepped it up. They did because if you compare it to the best of both worlds Borgs or the um, what is it, I Borg, where Hugh is introduced, mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. guys are pretty creepy looking, you know. But they look like people who have like cyber suits on. Mm-hmm. The Borg in this movie are nasty. Yeah. Like, they cut off the arms. You know, they they they, pu- they pull out eyes and they put shit in there. Like, it, it feels way more permanent yeah. to me. They graft skin onto
1: Data, data. which we oh, haven't talked about in that at And that weird, all, like, but... sexy yeah. scene with the bad lady who – her, like – when you look at her head with her like stretched out skin onto the back of her head, Excellent. very cool, so Excellent. good, yeah, and gross. It's really good. I love her and introduction like the, when she the, floats like, in,
0: stretching her skin down to like keep her into the body. Yeah, yeah the yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> ah.
2: I will say, like that practical of practical slash visual effects combo mm-hmm. is so good, and we don't see that kind of shit anymore. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If you go, if you look on YouTube and you look for how they did that scene with ILM, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Like they actually they did a thing where they motion tracked the camera, so they did the exact same thing twice. Yeah, That's rad. Uh, and they have her like sticking out. And oh
3: shit, and- I found, I found the footage of like what it looks like without them digitally removing the rest of her. Yeah, and It's exactly what you're saying, and it is yeah. fucking jaw-dropping. Even seeing all of the, you know, everything they erased out, it's almost more impressive because that shot in the movie, I, I could not tell you how it was made, and it was so exciting and so cool. Yeah. Holy also shit. I'll say the visual
0: effects in this movie, the visual effects in this movie hold up. So good. They do. Yes. The model really, of the Boris yes.
1: cube is really fucking great. It's just because it's a real model. Yeah,
0: I think there was maybe one time that I, I in the in the movie
2: where I was like, "Oh, that feels like a model." But even then, I was like,
0: "I don't care." Doesn't matter. Like, yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. The, <laughs> the Enterprise model's great. Uh, I know they use a lot of digital ships, but the Ener- they actually made a model for the Enterprise, which looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- I think models. I don't know. Bring them back. I, I know. I know that's it, like yeah. so annoying film. But like Mandalorian. models do look. They you know, did Mandalorian. It. Models. Yeah. That stuff looks tight um I also like that this is one of the last movies I think really in the sci-fi genre that had stuff they actually blew stuff up yeah, yeah. to film yes like yes and you, could like, you could tell it was like tell
3: it's the weirdest thing of like realistically a planet blowing up that explosion just on a physics level would look different but we right. are we're trained from like Star wars onward where it's like no no it's a certain size of explosion and even the new star wars sequels did this like force awakens onward it felt so good because it was just an explosion like they filmed a practical explosion and put it in and we're like yeah cool. like that feels good that's yeah, nice it's,
2: you blew a thing up. there's just chunks of like <laughs> me, planet in quotes yeah, yeah. just
3: like floating away it's super fun feels well, it's so like
2: how good. when you watch like a mission impossible movie and you know that tom cruise is doing it Awesome. Yeah, and it makes all the Enjoy it more. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah. God. Like he could have died when you know
3: We <laughs> 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 nearly lost that guy. We uh we gotta uh, be grateful. Yeah,
1: uh, god. He could have died. He died. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, um, the
3: sets, I mean, the, while we're talking about practical shit, yeah, the sets on this movie are delicious. I mean, apart from the typical great work of just the enterprise and you know, everything else, but going down to earth the missile silo the inside of the phoenix with all the switches and buttons and things and i just was so excited about all like the it was so tactile and it felt like you go from the enterprise where there's these touch screens and beep boop 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 and all that and you go to the phoenix and they're actually flipping things and pressing buttons and stuff's lighting up and it's all Mm -hmm. so tactile in one movie Felt so good.
0: Along those lines, I love when they're uh, taking off and then they go to warp in the Phoenix, and their chairs are just like <laughs>
1: boom, <rumbling. laughs> They're like,
0: they're like. <laughs> only atta- it looks like they only attached the chairs to like one side of the wall. They didn't yeah. do like three attachment points, so it just looked like a like a, a spring <laughs> up and down on them.
2: I loved
3: it. <laughs> There's like four grips on each side of the chair, just like yeah. shaking the shit out of it while I'm I
2: don't think they got uh, grips. I think they just they say, shook that thing. Lavar, Jonathan, shake uh, just
3: shake James, shake just work shake those in glutes. There. Just do it. Have uh, you guys
2: ever seen those like stabilized gifs of yes. the original series and the next generation <laughs> yeah. where they use like Adobe or whatever to stable warp stabilize. And then it just looks like it's just people, yeah. like, rocking back and forth
1: in their chances. It's beautiful. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Beautiful.
3: That's the secret um, sauce, though. Like, that's what makes this sing, right? Like, that's that totally. low-budget shit. That's the shit that people fall in love with. And then you have this built-in audience because you've got those people that are like, I know they're shaking back and forth, and they're just making the camera do the thing. But God damn it, I will fight to the death for that. Like, <laughs> people show up for low-budget shit.
0: Along those lines, I think it, it comes from uh, the fact that... And I'd love to know from like younger, a younger generation than us um, on this one, but people come from seeing theater, right? And now we're in movies, and it's this idea of suspension of disbelief. Like, yeah. we go into a movie knowing that it's not real, so we're okay with it not being real to a certain extent. Yeah. Whereas I feel like a lot of times now... With uh, visual effects and stuff like we have to make it as real as possible. Yeah. And it's like, no, we're coming to a movie to escape reality. Yeah. We're coming to a yeah. movie to watch this thing that we know is not real. and We want to be entertained
2: by it. So don't give me bullshit that
0: you has know, to be that, real.
2: That reminds me of an incredible George Lucas quote. Give it to he, me. He fucking nailed Give it to me. And it's 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 on the documentary for episode one. Have you guys seen that mm-hmm.
1: for, long, no, for a long time,
2: time ago? It's really, really good, actually. Like, I'm sure it's better than the movie is. I'm sure it's because it's about the production of episode one. And he, at one point, is talking about the Yoda CGI or the Yoda puppet. Uh And he's kind of realizing that people aren't going to accept it. And he says, like, people don't want better, they want what they remember. Yeah. yeah. And for something like a franchise I, and I remember when I saw The Last Jedi and the Yoda they had a Yoda puppet and mm-hmm. it was very similar to the one from Empire Strikes Back. And I remember feeling so much from it. And it's like, oh yeah, because we're not capturing it's real. I I don't I'm not excited for a better yoda like in episode two and episode three when they had to cgi yoda and it was technically better and it was more fluid and all that no i want yoda like the dude that i met when i saw empire strikes back and i think this movie is is one of those things too i say that a lot Um, on the show
1: where like we we talk about the suspension of disbelief a lot and a lot of times i say to henry like when you buy a ticket into a movie theater it's a contract of it's a fucking movie. Like you're going to be entertained. (laughs) So stop
3: griping about shit. What are you doing if you go in? Yeah. Like, exactly.
1: (laughs) Like it's a movie. It's not real. So relax. Yeah.
3: And I think filmmakers are, it's to their advantage to recognize what George Lucas was recognizing back in 97, 98 when they are making it. Like people want what they remember and people want real and people want something that feels good. So something like John Wick comes along and is kind of this synthesis of all these worlds coming together, Hong Kong, fight cinema, stunt coordination, The Matrix, whatever they're pulling together. But at the heart of it, you can tell them it's the Tom Cruise thing. It's like Keanu Reeves trained nine to five for like nine months and he's actually up there kicking ass. So when he takes a hit or when something happens, you feel it, right, as opposed to a Marvel movie. Not to always shit on Marvel, but, like, there's a part of your brain, I am convinced, that when you see a human being raise a fist and just punch another human being, and that person who gets hit flies like a football field away, there's a piece of your brain that goes, no. Like, that's not <laughs> that's not that how fists shit, work. Though. That's not how bodies work. Like, that's not real. But if you have... If you have two actors on set and one goes, punch, and you yank the other one on a wire and throw them across the set, even though it breaks the laws of physics, you see a human being go, and it like <laughs> chucked across the set, and it feels good. So as long as you've got that base, it taps into that that realness. It taps into something that your brain goes... Oh yeah, fuck yeah! That looked like it hurt.
1: The the one bad special effects, speaking of special effects, is and I love seeing Data actually be a crazy android. But when he jumps from like you know five stories up down onto the thing and he's like, gets <laughs> oh, yeah. that shot up <laughs> yeah. and he's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I love, yeah.
2: I love like that they drop the camera <laughs> and then they just film Brent Spiner like yeah. just hanging there <laughs> it's so good. and then they just matted it. it. I love I that
1: Data gets it. to like be an. There's android. another one. Which one?
2: Um, that's, this is one that as a video editor, I'd never noticed before, like now I'm a video editor. So I saw it at the end of the movie and it's when, uh, it's like the, the last shot of the movie, they pan up from like the Vulcan ship and the bar into space and it's the credits and it's something that nobody will really notice uh, unless they listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. And it's just a a really terrible composite of three different images. And if you look at the edge of the bar at where it meets the forest, where it meets the sky, you'll see it, and you'll be like, "Oh, yeah, this could have used like it'll be it'll look great once the visual effects guys get it." (laughs) Like the editor did it temporarily. Like in, in modern times, they would just be like, yeah, yeah, the editor did it temporarily and it like it works for the produce for the studio when they get the yeah. notes and the visual effects guys will fix it. No, Daniel. that's just it, the one that they went with. <laughs> so oh, if you watch it, I was like, oh, my God, I hate that I do this now, like the, as a job. Yeah. And I see these scenes. When you got to wonder, also was, that kind that of yeah. was that on purpose? Was that
3: that's always what I wonder is like, did they mean to catch that? <laughs> did they have the technology to fix it? And it's like reading a book and there's a typo and the editor is watching it in the movie theater and is like, oh, fuck. Like realizes like that's what he was supposed to do last <laughs> Tuesday. And he just was like, I guess it's <laughs> yeah. fine. Like I completely like, Linda, forgot. Were, were we supposed to do anything today? No. Just okay. Anybody, I, I guess. Notice. Yeah. Print. Send it off. We're good. We're good.
2: Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> The score, yeah. the score will mask it. Like feels like, oh, yeah. I feel we fucking it. good.
0: <laughs> I feel good. Okay, um, so before we uh, we end this episode and we do a to be continued, which is gonna happen, um, I want to ask because uh, we haven't talked at all about the holiday <laughs> content <laughs> without talking about it at all yet, and that's fine because we'll talk about it next yeah, episode. That's what the whole. But without time. talking about it, and don't okay. tell, don't we won't say what it is. Would you recommend this movie based solely on the holiday? 1000%. <laughs> yes.
1: 1000%. Hell yes, it's delicious. It's so yeah. good. <laughs> it's I would so recommend good.
2: watching <laughs> mm-hmm. this movie just for the holiday content.
0: I absolutely
1: That's
2: would. Totally.
0: Yeah.
1: Good.
2: It's like 4 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's like 4 minutes of the movie, maybe. And it's really fucking yeah. good.
3: For my part, knowing I was coming on a podcast specifically devoted to the holodeck and i was waiting for the scene to show up it was worth it like i did not feel like fuck we really so, watched this for that like it was yeah. soul enriching it was good
1: yeah sweet
2: yeah
0: so if, yeah. You, want, um, really if
1: great. you want to hear about yeah. it tune into the next yeah.
0: episode so <laughs> tune into the next episode for sure and while you're waiting to tune into the next episode make sure you subscribe to trek to the holodeck on any podcast platform that you're listening to this to, and give us a rating, mm-hmm. leave us a comment. Yeah. Uh, that'd be great. G
3: P G R. Be great if anybody. you guys. Uh-
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, PG thirteen. Which piece of trivia? This is the first Star Trek movie that was ever PG thirteen. Oh shit!
1: Uh,
3: was big, it all the spicy head. like um, android Borg like bed talk
1: sex? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Data. Have you read? <laughs> yeah. you, are you equipped down there? Wink, wink. She's like,
2: "Have you read the com- the the Kama Sutra for robots?" It's <laughs> <Disgusting. laughs> like, "Hell yes, I have." <laughs> um, make sure to follow us on Trek to the
0: Holodeck uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can uh, watch our recordings on Trek to the Holodeck. We are on Twitch um, when we do our recordings and join our Discord.
1: Yeah.
2: Just uh, a- as per usual, we want to remind everybody to go ahead and. Pay CBS money to watch all of Star Trek on their platform. But also at the same time, fuck you guys. Uh, (laughs) We have no affiliation with them. Yes. We just want people to watch more Star Trek because we're huge nerds. Yeah. Uh, We have no affiliation. My allegiance lies
3: with the franchise. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> the voice of the computer was provided by Verona Blue, and the song at the beginning uh, is by Bodyline, uh, and it's used with permission from the Midwest Collective. Go check it out; it's on Bandcamp. Uh, it's really rad. So, uh,
0: thanks, thanks for joining us on this episode, Henry, and thanks for joining us on the next episode, which you will be able to hear uh, in a week.
2: Yeah! Woo-hoo. Live long and prosper.
3: He spent virtually every free hour in the hollow suite and for a while i almost forgot he was a hologram
0: that
2: means the holodeck safeties are off computer execute complete shutdown of the holodeck
0: all holo simulations have been terminated